last week we had a chance to introduce you to three just, oh man, I can't believe I did that. That hurts. Oh. That vein just went on the other side there. It's like it won't go back. Oh. Pray for me, guys. Oh, that's, that's not good. Anyway, we had, we had three exceptional folks came up and shared a little bit of their lives with us. And so you got, you got a chance to know, to know them a little bit, more than just, just a face in the night. You know, yeah, you got some information on them, some likes and dislikes, uh, heroes that, that they have in their lives. Um, some of them told, told us how, you know, how they came to Christ. Can you hear me okay? Okay. I've got, I've got the pleasure of doing that again this evening. Got three more uh, folks. One, one real seasoned individual, which will be my pleasure. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save him for last. Um, but we have, we have the youth group with us here this evening again. We have two, two other uh, leaders involved in that youth group that are going to come up and, and share with us this evening. So, you know, growing up in my house, ladies were always first. So we're going to have Jen come up. And then, come on up. Go ahead, have a seat. Get close to that mic and Gary will know. You squeak? No. Do we have some 301 oil? No, you don't squeak. Would you like some water? I have one here for you. Here you go. May I open it for you? All right, there you go. I'm going to bring this up a little bit higher. Okay, there we go. About right there. You want, you want the profile, right? I, I see that happening. Yeah. Now, before we get started, let me lay the background for, number one, why we meet here as often as we do and why we encourage each other to continue to do this. This is, this is what the word says in the book of Hebrews. And uh, it's not a real lengthy passage, but you'll get the gist. In starting in, in verse 16, or in verse 15, the writer says, The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First he says, This is the covenant that I will make with them. After that time, says the Lord, I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. And then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enjoy the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see the day approaching. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, 
No sacrifice of sin is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of the raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses and died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses, how much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? He who has treated, he who has treated as the unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him and who has insulted the spirit of grace. For we know him who said, it is mine to avenge and I will repay. And again, the Lord will judge his people. It is a dreadful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. Now remember the early days that you, when you received the light, when you stood your ground and a great contest in the face of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times you stood, you stood side by side by those who were being so treated. You sympathized with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of all your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and he will not delay. By my righteous one, but my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but those who believe and are saved. The first pastor that I, that I sat under, that one portion about encouraging, spurring one another unto good deeds, he, he told me that in the Greek that means you are to bug each other unto good deeds. And, and even when I looked it up, I understood. But it stood with me. Because as believers in Christ, one of the things we need to do is we really need to bug each other unto works of righteousness, you know, for, for all sorts of reasons. But the reasons that we meet are here. It's part of our perseverance. It's part of our encouragement towards one another. It's, we get to do, we get to admonish, we get to encourage, you know, we, we get to scold sometimes because God calls us to do those things. We're scolded sometimes because God has called somebody else because at, at some point I become hard of hearing and somebody else has to come alongside and tell me what God has to say because I'm not listening at the time. And that's okay. But these are, these are, and there's many other reasons why we get together on odd days like Wednesday night. You know. Tonight, again, I have the pleasure of introducing you to some, some saints, some folks that, that uh, we are blessed to have within the body. And I'm blessed to know and, and to watch them operate. Use their gifts in the body of Christ in such a way that I know in that portion the body does not lack and, and this is so cool so Jen introduce yourself please hi I'm Jen Jen who? <laughs> Galt you are Jen Galt yes okay, you're good okay are you ready? Uh, yeah now this has to do about the coming election no I'm just kidding <laughs> I hold Jesus <laughs> there we go he's he, that's, that's, that's a done deal. We're good there. Now, you have family here at Book of Life. I do. Who are they? Uh, Michael Robinson, my brother John Galt. And um, Michael is an elder, and John is a little bit of everything, security, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. He does all kinds of stuff he here, does. doesn't he? Huh? He does. Proud of him, aren't you? I am. Okay. Now, did you come from a small family? Large no, family? No, it was, I don't know. Depends on how you define large, but there's 
um, me and my brothers, and there's like five of us all together. Okay. So I have a nephew back home, and my brother, and my dad, and all that good stuff. Are, the, are you the only female? Um, no, I have a way old sister. Way older sister? <laughs> way there's old. like 20-year gap there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she, <laughs> yeah. gosh, she's, she's barely yeah. 35, huh? Oh, 40. Right. <laughs> okay. You get along with your brothers and sisters, those I, that are here? I do. You I do. do. Uh, the ones back there, too. Yeah. It's easier when they're not here. <laughs> but, yeah, I get along with my family. Good. So how long have you been here at Book of Life? We've been here four years, me and John, um, so four years. Yeah. Four years. Yeah. Very cool. I know what brought you here to Book of Life. Yes. Why don't you share with um, okay, so we moved here um, because of my big brother, um, Michael. That would be Michael. And um, long story short, um, we were back east. We used to go to um, Jewish congregations and um, Messianic temples and synagogues. And we didn't know that he was going back and forth and that he knew Pastor Steve or any of this until we got here. So when we came, he told my mom, he's like, oh, I go to this church. And he's like, you're going to fit right in or whatever. And so Michael basically was like, okay. And so we started coming to church, and we just loved it. It was just like second family. So it's very cool. All right. Now, <clears throat> where are we at here? How are you being used here? Oh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, where, where did we start? Where did we start? We started in, I, I, I don't know, Kids Connection. You did. Kids Connection. <laughs> I blame that on Bill Marshall. Yep. <laughs> and you're still there, aren't you? I am. Um, Tell I, us um, a little bit about Kids Connection. Um, Kids Connection is our um, What's the age? Sunday school okay. for um, the kids from basically 6 to 12, give or take, sometimes 5 if they're really mature, mm -hmm. but um, that's the age group. And um, I guess I've been doing that almost two years now, almost. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. two years now. And um, it was funny how that happened. I was walking, and um, Bill Marshall, he just kind of was like, he's like, we're short. He's like, you got your background check. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, let's go. <laughs> and so I went in there and um, started working with um, Travis. And um, it was just awesome. I fell in love with it from day one. So it was really cool. Did you hear that, Travis? <laughs> So tell me, what kind of challenges do, do you have in Kids Connection? Oh, wow. All little minds combined. Okay. <laughs> they are brilliant. Give us, give us one or two. Oh, my goodness. Well, you have the talkers who know a lot more about the Bible than I do. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> They're awesome, but they have a lot of information to give. And sometimes I want to put them up there and teach me something, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. And then we have the ones who, they are, what do you call them? very strong-willed <laughs> and you know you have to sit them down and talk to them and everything but they're really good kids oh yeah and we've seen a lot of changes and kids get better and it's just been awesome nothing nothing more intimidating than a seven-year-old that comes up to you and says i know all the books of the bible do you <laughs> <laughs> and you know my hey go ahead tell me and they they rattle them off you know from from genesis to revelation and he says, you want to hear it again? And I'm going, no, no, I think it's time you sit down. Let's, let's go through the lesson. I, in working with Jen at first, we had more than one of, of, uh, of those youngsters do that. And they knew it. And it's like, they're the ones that are, you ask a question, they're always like this, you know. And everybody else has this, this blank on their face. And, they're, and you know, they know the answer. 
and and for for a few of them it was like what well you know they they go to sunday school classes every sunday three or four days out of the week they're at another church somewhere and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're just gaining all this information it's taking that information from the head bringing it down to their little hearts right that's yes. the challenge for you. A lot of them are putting it into practice. And yeah. it's really cool when they say they went home and they apologized to their brother and yeah. sister. And cool. It's, it's been really nice because they'll come back and they'll be like, I was bad this week, but I felt bad about it, so I prayed. <laughs> and it's really cool to see that there's a change. You love to read? I do. I what, do. What kind of books do you like to read? Uh, murder Mysteries. Murder Mysteries, really? Yeah. Agatha Christie, Perry Mason, oh. Earl Gardner, um, anything that has a creative mind for, yeah, <laughs> that's my thing. Inspector Perot. Yes, Sherlock Holmes. There you go. I, I love stuff like that. All right, great. Now, I know, I know you're a big music fan. Yeah. Especially the live bands you love to go see. Yes. What's the last group you went to go see? We went to go see the Newsboys. Aha. <laughs> Woo-hoo. Name, name me three other groups that you've seen live. Um, oh, boy. We've seen, I don't know now, I'm going blank. But we've seen the Newsboys, Cutlass, Disciple, Mercy, Mercy, Mercy Me, I can help you. Casting okay. Crowns. Um, we go see all of them. Yeah, you do. But this last time, oh my gosh. So we've seen Tate like four times or whatever. And we ended up blessed to sit right there in the front. It was mm-hmm. so awesome. And so like at the end, we bought stuff and went for them to sign or whatever. And Tate looks at me and he's like, I saw you in the crowd. And he took my hand. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still excited about that. I thought that was really cool. So. And you have the picture. I do. Well, we didn't take pictures no. of this time. But I have three pictures with Tate. Okay. Okay. Calm down. Okay. Okay, Now, what do you think of when I say the word discipleship? Discipleship. I think training up leaders to go out and spread the gospel and to be a good witness of the word and who Christ is and Mm -hmm. being inspirational like others who don't know anything about the Lord or about the gospel and to just embrace people who are willing to learn. I mean, that's what I think of discipleship. Okay. Very nice. When did did the Bible first begin to make make a difference? When did you you begin to understand? When did it click as you began to read the Bible? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, goodness. I was about, I would say 14. And we were going through some stuff. And um, our parents had separated and all that good drama. Mm-hmm. And um, I had just been praying and praying and praying. And basically, I, I got a word from a saint. And um, I knew it had to come from God because I wasn't talking to anybody. <laughs> and so I was like, God's telling my business. And this lady came and spoke to me. And um, from that point on, it was like, okay, all right. I'm going to s- just keep reading the word and find out what God wants for me. And so I kept reading the Bible and just started applying it and seeing what he says and not what other people say. Because a lot of times people give you a bunch of negativity mm-hmm. and you got to know what God says about you in the word and how you're his child and how he loves you. And I would say 14, it started becoming real, but I didn't get serious till I was like 18. And then I was like, okay, Lord, enough of me and I need a lot more of you. And that's what did it for me. Yeah. Tell me three things that you know God knows about you. Oh gosh. Um, he knows I love him. Yes. <laughs> he knows I love him. He knows that I'm diligent. 
I will keep trying and do what he wants me to do. And I'm obedient. You know, I, I will do what I believe God is telling me to do. And those in authority around me, I will go with it. You know, and I think he knows that. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Off the hot seat. Thank you, Jen. Here we have another, another gentleman. Every time I turn around, I'm learning something new about this young man here. Was it? Yes. Go ahead and introduce yourself. All right. I'm uh, Peter Dyrud. I work with uh, the youth here, the crossover group, and usually go to Bessar on Saturdays. Play uh, with the worship team there. <laughs> Married? Single? Yep, married. My <laughs> wife, Felisa, is uh, deployed to Afghanistan and has been for a year and eight months, almost. So it's been a while. Uh, you know, it's tough to be separated, but uh, definitely have, have a lot of people praying for us. And I'll be, we're both in the Air Force, I'll be deployed here this winter for three months. And we should be able to come back right around the same time. So really looking forward to that. And we'll be in the same country, at least, this winter. Remember to note that on your prayer list for both the Peter and, and Felicia, right? Felisa. Felisa. Yeah. Felisa. Because, yeah, they'll both be in, in, in the same region together. So, you know, yeah, pray for them. And, and uh, then it'll be good to see them back when they get. So, what brought you to uh, uh, Bessar? Well, uh... So Felisa was stationed here in Tucson a couple of years before I was, and uh, she was a missionary kid, grew up a little bit in California, more in Chile, and a little bit in Kazakhstan too, and took a year off from the Air Force Academy to work at an orphanage in Kabul. So she loves other cultures, and uh, she knows seven languages. She's crazy smart in languages. Uh, and so I think having that love for other cultures, she really wanted to come here and learn a little bit about uh, the Hebrew roots of the scriptures. And um, we visited here, we talked it over, and really enjoyed Steve's teaching, really solid, and uh, enjoyed learning more about the Old Testament basis, that's something that, depending on which churches we'd gone to before, we'd gotten a little bit more or a little bit less of that. Uh, but really uh, loved a lot of the people here too, and it seems like a very eclectic group uh, in many ways, people from all kinds of different backgrounds, and that's pretty neat, I think. Now, <clears throat> I won't get in deep into your work, but you like to play in the water and... and <laughs> Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, yeah, a little bit in the water, a little bit in the air, in the mountains. Uh, I'm a combat rescue officer with the Air Force, so uh, we do quite a bit. Our, our mission is personnel recovery, so rescue, basically getting guys out of tough situations and have a wide variety of skill sets, uh, but it's really, it's only by God's grace that I've gotten to where I am. Uh, I didn't Growing up, I didn't consider myself a natural athlete necessarily. I had to work pretty hard on that aspect, but I think the, the thing that 
keeps the guys who've gotten through the training together is that determination and that refusal to quit in many ways. And um, so it's, it's a challenging job, but I absolutely love it. And right now I believe I'm exactly where God wants me to be, and there's nothing I'd rather be doing, honestly. That's a great line. The refusal to quit. I like that. Now, tell us what you do with the youth group. Uh, well, we've started a worship team. We get to you work did. with yeah. work with Jonah and Michaela and Luke, and um, worked with a couple others in the past too. Who, you know, and we're always open to new people joining us. So, we we hope that we're able to help everyone into God's presence and get a little bit refocused each week. Any heroes in your life? Let's see. Um, Yeah, as far as biblical heroes, uh, I know Steve has recently been preaching on David, but I I really have been inspired before that, too. I just read a book on David. I love that he was called a man after God's own heart. I love that he was a man of passion, that he made plenty of mistakes, but uh, was always able to respond to them with humility. He's a musician and a warrior and a king and um, a lot of things I really admire about him. Uh, Recently, well, uh, my grandpa is another of my heroes. He died a few years ago, but he was also an Air Force officer. He was a pilot and uh, I love that he gave a lot of his time and was able to show that he really cared about us and he uh, spent some time to, to teach me chess and um, teach me math when I was younger and teach a lot of lessons. Um, he was really accomplished, but he took that time with us. Uh, let's see, recently I've been learning about Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was uh, a Soviet dissident. He spent some time in the camps over there, the gulags, and eventually was freed from there. Uh, he, he always spoke out, spoke his mind. He came over here and originally was a hero over here for uh, speaking, speaking up against the Soviet regime and communism. Uh, but then he spoke a little bit of truth about capitalism too. <laughs> he gave an address at Harvard and you know, just that our, our system and our way of life over here isn't exactly perfect either. And he was, he was a man of great faith, and I was inspired by that. And some other heroes, too, but I'll leave it at that. Cool. Now you're a musician. Yeah. Percussionist. Yeah, percussionist. I play drum set. Uh, piano was my first instrument. Okay. And I sing with the youth, right. too. What kinds of music do you like? Uh, well, <clears throat> to listen to, mm-hmm. favorite bands are Switchfoot. I like Thrice a lot. Uh, mostly bands with Christian influences, like some, some more hardcore bands like Zayo and Showbread, and uh, May quite a bit lately, and then uh, some really unique bands like Earthsuit, Argyle Park that weren't around for very long, but uh, like them. And I've done some, I've written some music too, so I have some classical influences that <laughs> like uh, Liszt and WC and some of those composers. Oh nice, how oh, nice. So, I'll ask you the same question. When I mention the word discipleship, what comes to mind? 
Uh, to me, I think, first of all, of a true disciple of Christ being not just someone who has said that they, they prayed that prayer and accepted Jesus into their lives, but who really lives the life and is willing to, to follow him. And I think that's a huge step between people who just call themselves Christians and those who are able to make those concrete changes in their life, are able to, to stand up, sometimes contrary to what's popular, and uh, take a stand for him. So I think that's one aspect. Another aspect of discipleship is discipling that happens in the church. And I think one of our, well, the Great Commission is to go and make disciples and to help bring others up, teach them the things that Christ has taught us. And I think there's really no greater way to see change than to be able to multiply leadership um, and help other other people grow in leadership and serve the church in their own ways. Cool. Now, when, uh, and I'm sure you remember, when, at what time in your life do you remember the Bible starting to make sense to you? Well, um, <clears throat> I grew up in a, a solid Lutheran church, um, Christian family, and I was taught some, some good things growing up, knew quite a bit about the Bible, and I, I think I made my first decision to accept Christ when I was six, but it, it took a while for that to really sink in completely. Um, for one thing, I, I knew that without really investigating and digging deep and comparing Christianity to other religions and looking at the reasons behind things, I couldn't really be completely sure and couldn't be completely sold out. So I read a lot of books uh, growing up, like The Case for Christ, The Case for Faith, Mere Christianity was a huge one by C.S. Lewis, uh, Defeating Darwinism by Opening Minds, pretty good list. And uh, I, I had a, we were just talking about Billy Graham at dinner, I had a Billy Graham crusade moment when I was, I think it was when I was 12, went to a crusade and you know, loved the songs, and he, he gave a powerful sermon, and at the end he said, now uh, anyone who's ready to give their life to Christ, stand up and come down to the floor. So I started to stand up, and then he said, but wait, I want you to stop and realize that you're taking a vow before Almighty God, and your life can never be the same if you're making this type of commitment. So I thought about that for a second, and I sat back down, <laughs> and uh it took, took a few years for me to really come to that point, but that was working in my mind, just the, the realization that it was a call that so many people, I think, take lightly, uh, but it's, the Bible is radical, and it, it calls us to a radical life and radical obedience, and uh, I think that's, that's a journey that I'm, I still have a long way to go on, and we each take our own steps so I would say probably mid-teenage years. Mm -hmm. There were some other things that, some evidence of God in my life. I used to have nightmares pretty bad, and those pretty much went away. Um, used to have a lot of stress because I, I had a lot of homework, and that would build up, and I didn't know how to do, deal with it. Um, and God took away a lot of that stress, took away a lot of anger that I had, and, um, did some really awesome things in my life that I can directly point to that 
that period of time. Very cool. Peter. Thank you. Okay, one more. One more tonight. My, my gift. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll allow this young man to introduce himself. Testing one, two. There we okay, go. I can hear myself. Yes. <laughs> uh, my name is Ed Ernst, uh, and um, I'm an elder and a chaplain at Beth Sar Shalom, your sister congregation. Yes, amen. How long have you been at uh, Bessar now? Um, a little over six years. It's about right, huh? I, re- I think I remember that. Yeah, the one on 4th Street. Yeah. <clears throat> Ed, being an elder at, uh, at Bessar, <clears throat> we get a chance to work together. Yes, we and, do. And it is such a, such a pleasure to have this man, and I'll have him share some, some of his background with you. Uh, tell us about the business life that you came from. <clears throat> um, I was in retail management my entire career of about 41 years. Um, and uh, I was the regional vice president for Marshall's department stores. Uh, every, every store from Minnesota to Texas. Um, it was very challenging. I had about 6,000 people that I had to supervise. So you you'd, you'd climbed up that corporate ladder. Yes. You, you had everything you wanted. I had everything I wanted, but I wasn't happy. Yeah. How'd you, how'd you recognize that? Um, one of the problems with being in that level of business is you're never home. And when I mean never home, I flew, I've flown about four or five million miles uh, on airplanes. I'm gone all week, weekends, uh, always something to do, have to do the budgets, have to take care of personnel problems. Um, therefore, that created quite a stress on my family uh, to the point where uh, we got a divorce. Um, Actually, though, we remarried. <laughs> I remember this story. Uh, for the sake of my children. And then we had another problem, and we were divorced again. However, we're better friends now than we ever were when we were married. And uh, I just came back from a trip to Iowa where I spent uh, three weeks with my ex-wife, my son, and my daughter, and my granddaughter. So, um, and that's the Lord's work. Amen. No Very doubt good. about it. Uh, it's an unusual thing to remarry the same person you were married to and still remain friends. And every time I said, I'm never going to talk to her again, the Lord did something that changed that. So, one of the big things as Christians or followers of Yeshua is forgiveness. And not only do you have to forgive the other person, you have to forgive yourself. Until you do that, it's almost impossible to deal with. Now, you worked a lot in leadership, did you not? In, in, Pardon? You worked a lot in leadership? Yes. 
Um, give, us, give us some thoughts on, okay. on leadership. Um, when you supervise five to 6,000 people, you have to have a plan. Uh, you have to have a plan for them to be promoted. You have to have a plan for them to become leaders. A true leader does not exempt anybody. They train them to their best ability so that they can replace you so you can move up the ladder. Many managers, and there is a difference between managers and leaders. Uh, a leader is entrepreneurial. A manager follows direction and, and uh, a set of rules and they just manage. But the leader knows how to get around it when needed to make decisions that have to be done. Uh, I took that when I came to Bessar Shalom and developed a leadership program, uh, which I've given now I think three times, mm -hmm. to approximately, I think it's about 80 people yeah. over the last six years, uh, which is a blend of the spiritual and the secular because they both have to be together. You can't do one without the other because you have to make decisions and you can't ask the Lord for every decision you're gonna make. He expects you to make some decisions on your own and expects you to make the right choices. The thought is that he's given you the wisdom. Yes, And the information absolutely. that you need. It can't be done without the Lord. There's no doubt about it. Heroes in your life, Ed. Well, uh, one of my heroes, uh, uh, biblical, is Abraham. Okay. Obviously, he's the father of, of everything, and he had to make some tough choices, and the Lord saw to him uh, that he did that. A, a new hero that just came in to my mind recently, uh, as I found out, uh, in Israel in 2008, uh, the leader of the Jewish priests, and you have to understand uh, where uh, they're coming from. They, they might believe that Jesus is a prophet, but that's as far as it goes, was on his deathbed, and he wrote a note, and he sealed it and told the people at his bedside, do not open this for one year, because in it, I had a vision of who the Messiah is. And they opened it a year later in 2009, and guess whose name was in there? <laughs> Yeshua Jesus. For him to make that statement based, and he was 108 years old, based on what he was brought up with his whole life, for him to say that. But unfortunately, that truth is, a lot of it is being hidden. It, it is out on the internet, and it is, uh, but it's very tough for people to find out about that. Why do you suppose he had him wait a year? <clears throat> That's a good question. Um, I think there was, I believe, 208,000 people at his funeral. Okay. Um, and I think he wanted things to quiet down because Israel is basically secular. Uh, yeah. At this point, I think 10 years ago, there was 200 messianics in Israel. Now I understand there's 12 to 14,000. So the Lord is working in Israel, and I think it was a matter of timing. Yeah. Now, what are some of the things that you have to deal with as an elder? 
in uh, at uh, Bessar. Oh boy. <laughs> um, one of the big things, of course, is people. Sure. Uh, yeah. You have people that are sick, people are in the hospital, uh, people that get upset if they don't like what's going on, uh, people that are there but you don't know if they're really a member of the congregation, you don't know what they're really thinking. And then there's people that come to you for advice. That is the toughest because you have to be very, very careful what advice you give because if it backfires, you can be held responsible in ways you don't want to be held responsible. Same thing when I was uh, regional director. You can refer them to the proper people. If they need social help, if they need mental health, you need to get them to the right people and don't tell them exactly what to do because you're giving them advice that you may not know is right. That is one of the uh, big things. Then, sure. uh, uh, I mean, we have the bistro out there. Um, it's kind of come apart. Uh, and I'm working on when I come back. I've been ill for quite a while. Um, and getting it back together, we have some plans for that, for reintroducing it. Uh, uh, Somebody asked me tonight about the Shabbat dinners we used to do. I'd like to start those again this coming year. Uh, maybe not every week, but at least once a month. Uh, and then uh, last year, uh, we set up the carnival yes. in October, which was a great success. Uh, that was very, very good. And then we have the, the Passover dinner, mm-hmm. uh, which I've worked on now for the past six years. So there's a lot of things going on. Usually, not enough people to help, but that's that's yeah. That's normal. That's usually yeah. That's usually the case. So you know, you have to work around. It. God is doing something here because yes. part of that is is turning around. We're starting to get more and more yes. more and more people involved, which is really really. We see God working in that direction. It, it especially those in leadership. It, it 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 is a blessing. Well, I can tell you, uh, in the five months that I was gone, uh, when I came back, I've come back intermittently, and then I got sick again, and in and out. But the, the Spirit of the Lord is here. Amen. There's no doubt about that. You can see it every time you come in here. Amen. And that's a great, great note to end on, right there. Thank, Thank you. you, Ed. Thank you so much. What can I tell you? Three, and again, three exceptional folks within our within our body. Three, three that are uh, that are that are so involved in things eternal, and not just the things that are here here that that, that we face. Again, I tell you, three people you can rely on. If you need if you need to talk to them, these folks are they're straight shooters. They'll give, you, they'll give you good advice, limited. They'll give you good advice. Um, worth seeking them out, sitting down, and talking to them. They have, they have more than you would think to share with you concerning not only their own lives, but their lives in Christ. So when you get a chance, stop. Talk to them. Find out what's going on. 
um, encourage them, and without a doubt, I know they will encourage you. Shall we stand together, please? Amen. Just a few last things. Uh, first Tuesday of every month is the seniors' luncheon. We meet here on campus at the Bistro at 11.30. Uh, if you're above 50 years old and retired, come and join us. Uh, be our guests uh, if it'll be your first time. Uh, you can contact us here at Book of Life, um, and uh, we can get you all the information and let you know uh, who's coming and what they're bringing. Remember, Bring the Rain, we'll be playing tomorrow at Golf and Stuff, 7 o'clock, correct? 7 o'clock. Be there to encourage them. Steve Shermet should be back Sunday. Yep, amen. Amen. And uh, we will have uh, Dave Cubetta and Ben. Sold out. That's right. That's what they're called. And we'll have them Sunday morning for for music. Um, As always, we have those that will be more than willing to pray with you, our our prayer counselors. If uh, there's anything, any matter that you would like us to pray with you, please come join us. Uh, this, is, this is why we're here. If, uh, if you're not sure about coming here, tap the person next to you, ask them if they are a believer in Jesus Christ, and then they will be more than glad to, play, to pray with you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you because you love us. May we be reminded again as we leave, Lord, to encourage one another, to to bug one another unto good works, unto works of righteousness. Let's remember that, that we have a king that loves us. We have the king that is glorious. And we have a king that's coming back. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.